Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. You can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, hey, hey. Peace, what's good? Oh, so have y'all heard about this rapper? This rapper, Sexy Red. Yeah, yeah. I talked about Sexy Red a while ago. No. Not you, LJ. You <laughs> have not. Tell me more. Okay. No, you know I don't be in the commercial world too heavy, <laughs> so y'all got to let me know. You probably have heard her song because it kind of went viral. It's, she says, uh, my coochie pink, my booty hoe brown. Oh, that the song. baby that was singing in front of Bobby Brown, Bobby Jones gospel. <laughs> I don't like, think like, <laughs> yes, the at the BET Awards. And Bobby yes, Jones had made that little snarky comment. Yes, yes, yes. yes. This girl on TikTok that kind of went viral saying that, you know, she represents the worst of Black women and she's the industry plant. And I can't believe that y'all are, y'all really pushing this girl on us. And um, and this is a Black woman saying this. And she's she's basically saying that, you know, they're trying to you know, push this image of black women that is so negative. And we've all heard this before. We've heard when it comes to the class situation, right? We've heard the conversation about them platforming the ratchet girls or the ghetto people or putting a mic and a camera in front of these people to give the image. We have heard that for all as soon as black folks tried to started to were able to get some monicum of upward mobility, there was a separation between class of black folks. And, you know, um, back in the day, it used to be country. <laughs> it used to be country and city five kind of class. Ones who don't know how to read, don't know how to talk, have country dialect. And then, you know, ones who are more city five because they know how to read and blah, blah, blah. But now as we have gotten even down the line in time, you know, there's a there's a country, there's a ghetto urban, and then there's, you know, all of just all across the board, different class levels of people. And so and and for ever since we've heard somebody say, Oh, 
those type of blacks are the wrong type of blacks. Those type of girls are the wrong type of girls, blah, 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 blah. But they asked the question, why is class, because it, it was in regards to hip hop and, you know, the difference between how they, um, how people, how the public scrutinizes male rappers versus female rappers. So they asked, why is class never an expectation of male rappers? Because they don't expect them niggas from the hood to have any class. Mm-hmm. Women, black women have <laughs> always been held to a, to a higher standard than than black men. Women in general have always been held to a higher standard when it comes to quote unquote um, class and dignity and maintaining a face or maintaining an image. That <laughs> I mean, I'm you know that that's that's a I mean I mean you know that's the brand I mean. There's not enough representation of positive images of black wants to be the case. Now, there's always a place for ratchet, and there has always been a place for ratchet. It was not the mainstream majority of the content. We got played as black people because the majority of the content now is that. The majority of the content is not diversified. It was diversified when we were coming up. You had Queen Latifah, you might have Little Kim, you might have Bahamadia, you might have had Foxy Brown, you might have had this, you might have had um uh rod digger you, you know what i'm saying because i was into black black all things black girl rappers that's a rap <laughs> you know what i'm saying and it's not just for black women either i'm talking about the images like you said why don't we have class expectations for, for black men because these record level the music is driving the narrative because we got a permanent i don't know i don't know i know y'all see it i don't know if you see what i see but what I see is a, 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 a growing permanent underclass of black people. It's some scary ass shit. I don't mean to sound crazy, but like there, we do need to talk about some shit. Now, I don't think we need to be like, there is no place for uh, or a, a little red and wretchedness because there is a place for that. But I think it's fair to say, damn, this is taking up the majority <laughs> of the images that is being pushed out there. That's why I motherfucker feel comfortable throwing a brick at a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I me, think me, at the, me, me walking around and motherfuckers feeling like the music says I can grab your ass because you have hit puberty. That's because part. Especially in that uncut era. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was scary. It was scary. It was scary to go out. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm That's not co-signing on the rest of that other shit. I, I ain't co-signed on this other bullshit that is rightfully about respectability politics. But I will, I will say that there is there is something to a critique around representation of black women and black girls in hip hop and in the entertainment industry across the board. That's always been a critique. <laughs> I think it will always be a critique. It will continue to be a critique. Um, but I think we do as black people have to start to interrogate what's going on with hip hop. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? What is going on? What is going on? And what is being put out? And how can we diversify? I'm not saying take a way but how do we diversify what the fuck is being put out there because it's scary a lot of the kids feel like these are industry plants a lot of the kids feel like the music industry and big business in the music industry big corporations in the music industry propel these low vibrational artists 
to try and propel low vibrational thought throughout the Black community, right? So my question to you is, LJ, the children are recognizing this. We are recognizing this. What is, because there are, you know, un crazy part about it is we do have the rod diggers out here and we do have the queen latifas and we do have yeah, exactly. out here right. it's it's flooded exactly. with girls in the market but but what do we do how do we combat how do we combat this if we know now that there are there's big business that's trying to push ignorance to our kids like let me, before you answer that before you answer that jay let me interject on that First of all, I think the idea of um, an industry plant is ridiculous. I feel like uh, the majority of, uh, of hip hop's inception, big business has pushed a particular narrative about black people. It, it, when, we, when we think about um, even the gangster rap area era, there was a certain level of hood gangster rap that was dominating. Yes, there was other varieties and diversity of other rappers, but they weren't making the money that the gangster rap was making in the nineties. Yeah, that's the, when the, they saw there was money. The the DMXs, yeah. the the Tupacs, and all of all the, all the gangster rappers. Right. We we. Right. There has always been right <laughs> a business perpetuating this particular narrative but the thing i think it's ridiculous to um to make it just like oh my god this only happened with the women right now because it happened with everybody yes there's oh, a particular no, absolutely no no absolutely not there's a particular <laughs> sex there's a particular sex um right. sex appeal that's gonna happen with women we see that with the madonnas the beyonce all the pop stars have a sexy um, a sexy appeal that, that it's just you have to do that to become a female pop star. And the same thing is going to happen with a pop star rapper, because right now hip hop is a part of pop culture. And so since hip hop is a part of pop culture, women are going to have that kind of stereotype. And you are going to have to look just like you do in all the genres. If you don't like what's pop, you have to go look for I don't know, diversity in um, female rap because there's tons, way more female rappers out now than it was in the nineties. You, but, and they are diverse. You just have to find them. They're not going to be on the pop charts because there is a particular narrative that's going to be pushed and we can critique, critique it, but it is our job. Now that we are in pop culture back in the nineties, it was still in that kind of, that kind of, um, subculture. But now that we are in pop culture with hip hop, we have to actively, if you want to have a different artist, you have to actively look for it now. And there's more out here for you to find. Mm -hmm. You know, like we got here a certain kind of way to your point, Diamond. Like this has been an ongoing thing of people saying, yeah, this music industry shit, you might not see the forest from the trees because you're 20, <laughs> but we older and we can kind of see the, like now I can see that as an older adult, you know what I'm saying? Not an older adult, but just like being 40 versus being 20. And 15 can see, oh, I can see how these black people who are adults and Maxine Waters, right? And these black feminists who got out there and said, fuck this shit. Are you fucking crazy? Like, we just gonna start doing this now. Cause don't no other genre of music do this. And they won't allow it. So, like, what the fuck is different right over here? And how the fuck am I in college doing BET uncut and R. Kelly tape is circulating and it goes with the music and and fucking Dave Chappelle? And it's just a part of hip hop culture. 
You know, I, I think that there's crazy. a level of country. You know what I'm saying? It's all. There's it's a level all, of disrespect saying, of women like, in other a, genres, though, too, to me. Like, if I listen to country extreme. song, they may not be not used in our extreme. language, but they are. They there are country songs that are directly disrespectful, talking about big, beating women, talking about country. tons of stuff. <laughs> That's the difference. The what biggest consumers of this music are white people. The biggest consumers of hip hop are white people. It's not black people. It's white people, and it's people all over the world. It's not the black people who are created. It's not people here. It's white folks. My point was is that hip hop is not the only beach. genre that um, disrespects its women. That's what I mean. Yeah, but I think it's is more extreme than the other genres by a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, I and and so. that matters. And the fact that the biggest consumer of it is white people. Them white people got all that grunge and new metal and all that shit talking about using heroin and suicide. They cut that shit the fuck out. That was coming out in the 90s, or 2000s. I don't know if you noticed, but you don't really hear that same shit on the radio. No, they, 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 they kind of dialed that back. You know what I mean? Not, so like, they're not saying it on the radio, but the songs tend to have billions of streams on on the streaming websites. They still making that music, and guess who making it now? Rappers, black people, and the white kids are consuming it, and they calling it emo rap. My my biggest issue is that, um, of course, I see nothing wrong with being pla mm, platinum. I see nothing wrong with being ratchet. Um, um absolutely. I'm, I'm a believer that it's not what you do, it's how you do it, right? And and in this case, it's not the being ratchet that's the problem, it's the irresponsibility in it. Mm. You have hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of kids who are following and hanging on your every word. You talking about being a cum dump in this climate of you know, sexual transmitted diseases and infections. You talking about um, just all of this low vi vibrational, all these low vibrational things. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that she is the biggest topic being discussed now. And this is one of the most woke. She's the biggest topic being discussed and she's being pushed by, by the market. But this is like one of the wokest generations of black kids that we have. So I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I'm just I'm confusion. I just I don't know. That feels weird. I don't think it's that they're I think I don't think it's their responsibility. I think it's not an artist's responsibility. I think they have a choice to be responsible and conscious of that. Great. But if they're not and somebody is resonating with it, I think that's okay for them to be. Um I think the I think because that goes I, right mm, to the core of respectability politics. Black artists in the past have often, not everybody, but you had a bigger percentage of black artists, whether it was music, whether it was, you know, visual art, dance, performance, whatever, that felt an, a responsibility and obligation to the community. How does it free us? We're still kind of in the picture of how they moved. And that's all I'm saying. No, you know, we don't, because we can't move like white people move. White people can move and say, I'm not responsible for shit by myself because white people are not responsible for shit but themselves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not us. We're not positioned in the same way that white people are, right? We all we got. And we're facing apartheid. 
Like right now, like please get registered to vote. If you're not no, sure but I don't believe. like that. Like, I, don't, I feel like that's that that it puts I, you in a box because, to have but, to. Well, I'm saying to that's a colonizer to white people. You, it's like everything not, I do don't no, have no, no, to no, respond no. to white people mm-hmm. or repri- respond to well, our oppression. That, that is not actually what I'm saying. We are a part of a community. I'm not saying I have to do everything that is. Um, Again, I'm not saying every artist has done this. All I'm saying is the percentage of artists who move in a way to think about like the black community, because the reason we were able to do things in the civil rights era of the 50s and 60s, the reason we were able to do a lot of movement to get to the place of the shit they're all taking away now is because the artists were involved and the artists made some sacrifices and the artists took some responsibilities or the artists used if Beyonce was registering people to vote at every fucking concert. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the artists took on some responsibility in times of, of challenge. But there's also space for, I just want to be fucking wretched. And there was space for that there too, right? Like Little Richard and other people, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, all I'm saying is both in. And not everybody has to pick up the same amount. But I do think it's important to like have that shit in mind, even if it's fucking 10%. That's all. So let me say this. Like, it don't got to be, I don't know. So I think like like jazz, hip hop comes from the quote unquote, low-class culture but unlike jazz it hasn't transformed itself enough to be considered classy because if y'all remember back in the day jazz was you know looked down on it was look it was it was the devil music it was black music it was art form started by black people exactly anything that started by us is gonna be considered low class but nowadays like class is like jazz you go to a classy restaurant they're going to be playing jazz it's gonna it is it has transformed itself because white people basically have stamped it to be now a form of class it's a mature like it's a mature music it's a classy music and so i think because hip-hop hasn't Yes, it's growing in popularity, so it's becoming a part of culture, but it hasn't transformed itself into a class thing. It is still considered and legitimized by being connected to the hood. To me, it hasn't turned itself into a high-class genre it, because it will illegitimize the whole hip-hop thing if it's not connected to the urban space, to me. And right. so what makes that, what makes that what also, because of the the Hip the critique in the women classes <laughs> wait 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 so because of because of yes. that to me it makes the misogyny against women more glaring when it comes to putting the burden of respectability on them i think that we saw this kind of delegitimizing of things when it comes to other, like women in other genres too. Like when we think about Zora Neale Hurston, her work in dialect, like when we talk about um, Janie and um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, from Our Eyes Was Watching God, the whole dialect, most of her work in her early days of journalism, her early days of documenting and archiving the Black experience, it was being delegitimized because she was in the community and because she was sharing it in their language sharing it in their dialect and sharing it in them and because it wasn't high class dialect it was not taken seriously and so it wasn't until somebody later on well after she died because she died poor you know unmarked great all all that kind of shit it wasn't until somebody legitimized her some white person even tony morrison 
Toni Morrison, the beginning of her work was, it was critiqued as not the real black experience, not the real, because she was doing low class country, um, low class level de depiction of black people. She wasn't doing the, you know, she wasn't doing what other black people thought that she was supposed to be doing. So it wasn't until she became the Nobel laureate and the white people stamped her that, oh, now this is exquisite literature. It's always, but black men had already been in the class realm of these professions. And I think a lot of times when we think about black women in, in, in their professional realm in the past, they had to go through this kind of critique. They had to, they had to go through this because men get into class realms, higher class realms before women because of misogyny. And I think that's what we see happening in hip hop. Be, it, it's not it hasn't transformed itself to be some high class situation i don't think it ever can based on how it was created but i think i think it can i, I think it forced women i think we're forced to see the misogyny in it because this is normal in women with women in various professions i think with hip-hop I, I i disagree with you about the hip-hop thing i think hip-hop hasn't matured to that place um, where it can be deemed as anything other than how it originated because it's too young. I think that hip hop is, is too young. And I think that it is also too undiscovered. Like hip hop, we're just getting to a, we haven't even really gotten to a point where hip hop is truly not gatekeeping. We haven't had the, the introspective gay rapper. You know, we, we haven't had the, the gay J. Cole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who who have we had so far? Saucy Santana. And then we've had Big Frida um, with a, who's a subsector of, of hip hop. I think hip hop is just too young. With that said, I don't think there's been enough female rep representation. Um, I also, like I said earlier, they don't have, I don't think they have any faith in these niggas to be anything other than ratchet and classless because we've had this argument before. We had this argument in the late 80s and the early 90s when they were destroying NWA tapes. Um, and not a whole lot has changed. You know, radio, actually, society has changed. We've just become more accepting of it and more expecting of it. Um, but I don't think that we've had a female artist. I don't, I don't think that we've had a female artist who stayed true to hip hop. All of our hip hop veterans who are women have stepped out of hip hop. The MC Lights and the Queen Latifahs have stepped out of hip hop. The, the only people we have left, the Lauryn Hill has deserted hip hop. The only people we have left who still represent hip hop from a legacy perspective, who's a woman, is Little Kim. We got hip hop studies at like Harvard and Yale. There's a whole hip hop scholarship at UW Madison. Spoken word and poetry and rap and breakdance and all that for the last almost 15 years. You know, so it's it's happening. I don't think like I don't you know I don't think it's happening at the same. You know, we're not there yet, but like that's happening right now. Like there's hip hop tours and all that kind of stuff, hip hop museums and all that kind of stuff now. Like it's being institutionalized and, you know, how much are we going to be involved in that process of institutionalizing it in the same way? Like with jazz, it's going to slip away. And then what's going to be left is the quote unquote, like in Houston, I don't know what it's like where you're at, Bree, but like, Rocky, you got a couple stations on AM that play that real, some of it might pop up into the mainstream. It won't. It's like basketball. <laughs> well, y'all go make it pro and you might get injured and you might make some money, you know, but 
I don't know, but I don't know. You feel you feel me though? Like it's it's happening that that level of formality and class and no, I don't think it's. I don't think it's not not happening. I, I don't think it's not happening. I just feel like it's still in its, I think I, I agree with Bree in the sense of it's still in its infancy. I'm thinking about the timeline of jazz. The, mm. the jazz mm. era was in the 1920s and here we are in another 20s and we, we have seen in a hundred years a whole shift. The hip hop era was yeah. 80s. And so we only have been gone in this era for like 40 years. You know what I'm saying? So 50 years. Yeah. We just got to the yeah. 50 years of hip hop. So, you know, I think it is a little bit young. And so, and like you saying, I do see, I do see, uh, I do see that kind of shift because right now it feels like even on that kind of college university level, it's still like is in a elective status it doesn't feel like it's in the core canon of education when it comes to music i think it's it's the new part and i totally i think i i agree with that but um but i th and i think it's going to mm -hmm. continue to come along but i just wanted to kind of throw that conversation yeah. out there because i see a difference in um you know i just want to say that this women have to all women always have to jump through this misogyny hurdle especially black women this is just one of those things and so tell us what y'all think this is yeah what do y'all think about um the misogyny happening with the public when it comes to um, females in rap and and the classism that's happening when it comes to the different um, female rappers out here. So let us know what you think. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh my God, I wanna thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Baby, 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 baby. We got to talk about it, baby, honey, love. We got to talk about it. Yes, we've got to talk about the brick to the faith. We've got to discuss Miss Rowe from New York. We got to discuss Miss Rowe, the pro lesbian pro-black TikToker, pranking TikToker. Yes, she, she does prank, which a lot of you are probably aware of at this point. But yes, honey, black woman hit with a trigger warning. Let me say that first. Trigger warning, trigger warning. Black woman assaulted with a brick, hit in her face with a brick. What the fuck stands up for us? And us 
I mean women, real women, biological women, women who were born with all the parts that you guys wish that you were. When I see shit like this, I have said many times, we are not the ones attacking y'all. Trans women are not the ones attacking y'all. And I know it's petty for me to bring this up, but I don't see Jess Hilarious on her platform talking about this girl that got a brick on her face, but she broke her damn neck to talk about trans, some trans, random trans woman saying that she don't gatekeep um, periods. That's right. You know why she ain't, you know why she ain't talking about, about this? Because she's currently on her platform right now making excuses for the Latina woman who called the black Jamaican woman a blue monkey. Mm. Yeah, she she's she's currently she's currently protecting her Latina sister while throwing her whole entire lineage under the bus, while throwing her whole entire phenotype under the bus. Honey, she didn't never gave a fuck about y'all. Guess who is p- trying to protect black women? Guess who is trying to teach black women? Bree Star at the moment, because I want y'all to pay attention to this incident, not only because this woman is clearly deformed. She looked like the time that Martin got beat up from Tommy Hurts on that mm-hmm. episode. I know y'all seen that episode. Literally, like the side of her face looks like she's trying to hide an iron, an iron or something under her skin. Like it don't, the math don't math. Honey, when y'all be attacking the queens, honey, y'all need to be protecting yourself against black men, honey. Y'all march, fight, stomp, hoop, holler, scream and holler. Pick me, play pick me pussy, pick neck pussy, pick a ninny for these niggas, honey. And they be the same niggas that beat you the fuck up while your queer friend is trying to help you. Or end up deforming and beating your queer friend. I got a homegirl, her whole face is deformed because she was protecting her cisgender homegirl from her man beating her up and he pistol whooped her hit her in the face with a fucking pistol and her whole face is deformed i had ptsd because i was i i was forced to watch my homegirl get killed by her boyfriend mm. thanks to him honey baby wow i'm so sorry honey if this if it's anybody if it's anybody out here y'all need to be fighting with it needs to be the people who are fighting with y'all. That's all I'm going to say on that. But I also want you to pay attention. I want you to pay attention specifically to the fact that these Negroes specifically are online right now finding excuses to throw Roe under the bus. The main excuse that they found is the fact that Roe do pranks. Now, the men who she did pranks with was typically white men because she's pro-black. These black men have been online. Your your Tariq Nasheeds and your Kevin Samuels comments, brothers, and all of them. They online right now trying to make excuses on why this woman should be smacked with a brick. There is no excuse ever in the world. I don't know what happened to y'all fathers. I know a lot of them went out, got milk, and never came back. But I want some of them niggas to come back to the community and try and help you motherfuckers because y'all clearly lost in a way that I can't save you. Like y'all say all the time, a black woman can't raise a black man. So bitch, all I'm going to do is keep screaming from the sideline for my girls to stay the fuck away from y'all, honey. And if they can't avoid y'all, bitch, get your aim together, honey. Get straps, get your concealed carry, honey. Because the difference between me and sis when we got hit with the brick is if I survived, I wouldn't have been going to the hospital. I would have been going to jail, honey. I would have had a whole imprint on side of my face looking crazy as fuck locked up with niggas. 
Yep. <laughs> These are the niggas we be marching for. These are the niggas that I, I I was looking in the comments and everybody was like, oh, she's a type of female. Of course, I was using female as the language. Um, th she's a type of female that, um, you know, that increases the likeliness of this happening to her because of her attitude. And they were they were talking about this prank video because they didn't realize that the prank video was staged. When she slapped the white boy, it was staged. He knew he was getting slapped. It was a whole staged video. They do skits. And before he realized that that was fake, he was making it seem like this is how she she brings this on herself because of this is the type of stuff that you do. You want us to protect a woman like this who go around smacking men and blah, blah, blah. blah. Then when he realized, based on everybody sharing, this is actually a skit, baby. This is not what she really does in real life. He wanted to still double down. Well, there's women like her. The, the, nigga, like get the, and these, what if we said the same thing about these men getting bullets in them, like, like meat bags from police when they out here selling drugs or out there doing all kinds of stuff that they might not supposed to be doing. Mm. They might be on the streets, but we know that they shouldn't be just shooting them down in the streets. We know that they shouldn't be just doing that. And we march for you. We we ride for you. Most of the time it's black women and trans women on these front lines with y'all. Black and trans on these front lines with y'all. For y'all. Not, not to mention the fact that y'all is beating people and won't even protect a motherfucker that's giving birth to you. And when we talk about protection, we need protection from y'all. <laughs> and the fucking white man. Honey, y'all always want to talk about how hard it is for a black man. Babe, if you're a black woman, you got to be concerned about the white man that's going to fuck up the nigga. And you got to be concerned about the nigga. <laughs> I, just, it, I just don't, I find it to be... It's just crazy. Like they're gaslighting us. There's no loyalty. Like I just wish that they had the loyalty that we had for them and the mindset of understanding like, yo, nobody deserves this kind of attack. You don't deserve it. Women don't deserve it. Just like we think about the police wearing you out. The, you don't deserve it. The rule is, honey, you, you need to be brought in in front of court of law they don't need to be the judge or jury behind their fucking gun and this guy rejecting her i mean her rejecting him doesn't make give him the right to take a brick and bash her in her face that's just the facts no matter what no matter what attitude she had no matter what she did in her past no matter what you don't have the right to take a brick and bash somebody in their face because they're not interested in you period I'm going to give you an update before you finish, Diamond. Right before I came on here, I checked TikTok and her page has been banned permanently from TikTok. She had grown up to 62K followers and TikTok banned her account because of the mass reporting. Now she no longer has her TikTok account and we are trying to get more people at her current account. R-H-O-R-E-P-O-R-T-S. That's Roe Reports. R-H-O-R-E-P. 
O-R-T-S. Yes, um, because we want to try and get her GoFundMe promoted. They literally took down her TikTok page as soon as her GoFundMe started to get traction. What do you think, Jay? Triggered. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to hit somebody because they don't, they're not interested in you. Um, it's wild. I think it speaks to what we already know about what life is like for most women, most black women and most black assigned female at birth people, period, is the shit be scary. Right. And so, you know, <laughs> that's scary. I was taught, you know, like, give a, you know, have a fake number ready so you don't have to have an interaction with someone who wants to hurt you because you're not interested in them. Despite clearly being like, I look like a lesbian. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I was taught that growing up, you know? So I don't know. I don't really got much to add. I mean, like, no, you shouldn't hit somebody because they don't want to give you your fucking, you know, you shouldn't put your hands on people. You shouldn't hit somebody with a fucking brick because they don't want to give you their phone number. That's not a reason to violently attack somebody. That's not a reason for a black man who assists to violently attack a black woman who assists. It's not a reason for anybody to attack anybody. Um, period. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's wild. It's, it's wild to me that people are trying to defend it. I just want to name in moments like this that there are a lot of black cisgender men who ain't on this fuck shit. And then they need to be louder. They need to be louder. There's a lot of black trans men ain't on this fuck shit. Some people need to be louder. That's why we ain't got time for sexy red linky eye ass. It's too much real shit for us to be worried about. That We don't have time to be worried about how much spermicide you got caught up in your lace front hair. Like, we don't care. We are, mm. a, we are, not, we are in a moment of a culture of distraction. That's what I'm saying. Like we we are as we get closer to 2024, it's gonna be more fucking distractions. <laughs> it's gonna be more shit that ain't got shit to do with anybody getting registered to vote, anybody knowing when to vote in the primaries, anybody knowing who your senator is. Do you know who your two senators are? Do you know who your representatives are? Do you know who your uh, local con uh, council people are? Like this shit is getting very real. And there's going to be more shit that ain't got shit to do with that. That's going to take up a lot more space on social media. And we got to like, yes, let's talk about it. But we also got to, like you said, Bree, like we also got to like keep the eyes on the prize because like the shit is getting real and it's going to get realer. And in like 2.5 seconds, we're going to be back in Jim Crow. And you're going to be like, what happened? What do you mean? But sexy red. But da 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 like, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like, there's space for that, but that should not be the majority of the fucking space. Sexy Red needs to have her ass out here speaking a lot of this same shit and needs to be out here talking about candidates and shit because Sexy Red is one of the main motherfuckers who's being attacked by these laws, honey. If the representation die, honey, she's going to be the first bitch out. Not only is you not going to have to worry about you not having a career, you're going to also have to worry about all this cum dumping that you like being, honey, because you might not even have access to men unless they own you the way that this government is going if your ass don't pay attention. You need to take a break from that motherfucking pole, the flesh one and the metal one, and you need to get your ass on the motherfucking pole Meaning the ballot box, or yeah, no, 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 yeah, that's not her responsibility, and that's not 
That's, I think that's totally no, wrong. No, that's no. I mean, I, 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 think it's something, I think it's something to say, like I said earlier, if you're a celebrity, if you know, Saucy Santana was here for Black Pride, I would have loved it if Saucy Santana also was like, at everything I do, we're going to be talking about this voting. Because to, your, to, a, to a certain degree, to your point, Bree, what's going to happen? Lawrence v. Texas, gone. Like, sodomy going to be illegal. Your access to prep, gone. Your access to, to this to this uh, new uh, what's this new shit the vi- the shit we just talked about a couple weeks ago around um, STIs that's gonna be gone. Your a- access to healthcare that you barely fucking got, especially if you down south, gone. Okay, so like like it's very it's not it's not it's not for play. It's not for play at all. Your access to being able to vote, your access to to your hormones that you still got through your Medicaid, gone, girl. It's over. It's all on the line. As so black specifically and our intersectional mean? identity as black trans people, we got the most on the line right now. We got the most on the line. Lawrence v. Texas, sodomy's illegal. People that's in that gay marriage, they're gonna overturn that shit. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And so when they and they're coming for contraception. You know what contraception also is? Hormones. Because but I also feel like, that, <laughs> like that some people before, so. don't have the range. We see it in our community too. Some people should not be uh, having a bullhorn because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I don't think every artist should be trying to be an activist and trying to be political because they don't have the range. And it's not their responsibility. If they If they want to be that great, but every single one do not need to be up there talking about shit. It's just, it's just, it's just, I don't think that that is, I don't think that that is responsible because there's going to be, a, we're, we're going to spend most of our time cleaning up what they're, what they have to talk about. I, I hear trans people say some of the most craziest shit because we have access to platforms. And I'm like, I, you don't have the range to talk about this. And yeah, you are an yeah. artist or yeah, you are this. Yeah, you might have, you might think you have the responsibility <laughs> to do this, but you don't, you, you, you. you you don't have the range to do it. So keep doing you don't your have, You don't have the ed- uh, uh, enough education about it. Education uh, around it. But you don't do you nah, don't have, you have the finesse. There. You just don't. And so I don't think I don't I don't want to hear sexy red talking about politics. Yeah, I just broke down how council culture exists, like why it was created. It was created because a lot of these famous people got platforms, they opened their mouth, and everybody was like, hell no. So I completely get what you're saying. I'm not suggesting that um, Sexy Red try to take my place. No, the bitch couldn't if she tried. What I'm saying is, you know, think about small things, small ways of representation. Like, you know, we when we built Black artists up until these past probably 15, 20 years, um, or up until really building the hip hop brand as this hood ratchet thing, um, yeah, we we built up artists, we built up black artists to at least um, have their views that were politically correct represented. We don't know shit positive about about sexy red. I can't tell you one thing about sexy red that I would love to have it in the trait as my child. But that is respectability politics. Like, like in my brain, mm-hmm. I'm like, she represents a particular type of girl that I see. And you may not want to see it on the big screen. You may not want to see it become popular, but 
This is the even if we and we compared her to Little Kim, but even Little Kim had a had a access to ghetto fabulous that the connection to rich money Versace da 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 it still was a not the level of ratchet that we are seeing now. And some people may say, oh, we don't need to see that. I think we do. There's some appreciation for me as a hood bitch seeing other hood bitches, and even me. I'm I, there's part of me that's not even because i'm educated because i'm i have had access to these things that takes me out of the realm of quote-unquote hood there is hood people that i've learned from that i appreciate and i appreciate them being what they are and and people like sexy red people like sukiana they represent that girl and they've never been represented because there always was a class thing even in the past in the ghetto in in there always was in in not in the ghetto in the 90s rap women there was the unity uh um head rap um you know unity conscious woke woman there was the tomboyish woman still woke like um 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 mc light there was the pretty girl that came a middle the sexy pretty girl that came in the middle of the 90s when we get foxy brown when we get um little kim we get eve they could they bring a sex appeal but they still brought a ghetto fabulous class they still wasn't ratchet they still wasn't this girl that we are seeing now and i think that the backlash against them is respectability politics all the way motherfuckers is not comfortable with it because we've never seen it to me and I and I feel uncomfortable with us thinking that they're not right to be in the spotlight. It feels weird to me. It feels like no, respectability politics and shade. I'm a I'm a hood girl. Baltimore is one of the most hood ratchet cities in this country. I'm 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 that girl. I've I survived the streets literally of Baltimore for for 10 years on my own as an adult black trans woman. These streets. Like, it don't get much more ratchet than me and my homegirls. You know, when my friends, when, when your good suburban child wanted to do ratchet shit with their homegirl, I was the homegirl they went this shit with. This bitch seems put on. This, the reason they talking about um, industry plant and all that, because it seems exaggerated to the real hood bitch. We don't know her. We don't know her. Other, I know her. Seems, I done seen her. I know girls real, like her. It seems real extra to me. It seems real put on. It's, it's to the point where I've seen and heard aspects of Sexy Red that are so contradictory. I feel like this is honestly a marketing gimmick for her. I feel like she's being severely extra. I feel like 10, 15, 20 years from now, she's going to be talking about how it was white people in the background giving her ideas to say this and do that. No, I think just like Sukiana, I think that there is a putting on and being no, extra for entertainment. But this this sexy red girl, I'm telling you, it's not it's 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 not Sukiana. It's not it don't it, it it don't it don't make sense to me. Now maybe she is uh maybe she is real and maybe she's real in the sense that that she's a flogger. Maybe she's real in the sense that her hood ain't authentic. Maybe she's real in the sense that these are things that she does and she thinks that they're supposed to be hood genuinely, or she thinks that they're supposed to be cool genuinely, but it's all trash. There is no balance. There's balance in every real human that I've met from murderer to mobster. There is no balance with, with this girl and her music and, and her identity. I don't see it. Yo, so to your point, Diamond, the same people you're talking about where I'm from, they both. 
them same hood girls, they vote where I'm from. So if it's sexy red, just don't got to be the main spokesperson, but these other organizations with money that do voter registration, all that kind of shit, we're doing it there. They would, people would register to vote. Because where I'm from, people in the hood, ratchet, everybody up, down, black people do vote in every class of black people back in Milwaukee. So it ain't, it ain't a thing of just, you know, that's just reserved. Civic engagement is reserved for those who are go to college and shit or not. You know, no, it's everybody back home. In places like Detroit, it's the same place. You know what I mean? In places where you got a good concentration like that. I don't know. It's like in the South, but in the Midwest, you know, like a little bit of everybody vote, you know? So um, I guess that's where I'm coming from. To your point, she don't got to be the slowest person, but come on, give it somebody that can be. Shit. You know, that's all. Because hood, ratchet, black folks vote too. That's all. Yeah, I mean, we we completely jumped off the cliff. We went into demonizing women from calling out these men for their domestic violence, and we don't went to talking about sexy red. That that is misogynistic in itself. Ah. I mean, we can we can we can we can have critique and not be misogynistic. I think you know what I mean, um, or interrogate rather mm. versus critique. Interrogation is important. Yes. There's there's so much nuance in this conversation, but at the end of the day, I think the conversation spoke for itself. We was talking about a black woman being attacked by a black man with a brick, brutally attacked, trigger warning attacked. And we ended up being back talking about a young black woman who's a rap artist and we have no idea who, who she really is. Honestly, I, we, we've come to the conclusion now that all three of our opinions of her are completely different and neither one of us know who, who she genuinely is. But with that being said, honey, I want to I know y'all thoughts. How do y'all feel about Roe in this situation of this Black woman being attacked? Even bigger question, what do you all do to protect yourselves when you're out in public? I want you all to share not only for your own cathartic reasons, but for the safety of us all. Hashtag Marsha's Played. Thinking about good representation. So I don't know, have y'all heard about this new uh, series that's on the 2B called um, Trans World Atlanta? Yes, Jay, after yes. y'all, I, I not only learned it from you, because to be fair, Did y'all get a chance to check it out a little bit? No, mm -hmm. but I have been seeing ads for it, so I'm I'm very hyped about that. I, I've been seeing ads for the transgender nice. black television show, so I'm hyped about it. Yes, I what, did ads watch like? it. Oh, I did watch it. I did. I, well, let oh, me did, you watch all you watch all season. I not the whole season. I tried to sit it's through yeah, the the first um episode, and I was bored out of my mind. And then um, <laughs> I, I the, the the editor whoever edits the series left some things to be desired. I think there's a lot of things that needed to be edited out or it gets narrowed better. down. So yeah, I, I just couldn't get through the first, um, ep I, I got through parts of it, but it's certain parts of it. And then there were certain things that were annoying me. It, I, ju I just, I couldn't continue, but I'm glad that it exists. Uh, I'm glad that uh, it exists. 
Um, let's let's share share the critiques. I don't have any critiques yet because I haven't seen it. But yeah, I will. I want Jay to introduce it first. The show Trans World Atlanta. It, it's a journey through a world where transgender men give birth to babies, and love conquers all. Become educated on the myths and legends that are whispered by the haters and those that pass judgment on their lives. These transgender men are husbands, activists, providers, and career-driven. Trudge through their relationships, marriages, and their inner truths as they have navigated a cruel world that has yet to accept them, accept that they are human too. Like the old saying, behind every good trans man, there's a strong woman. Girl, I don't know about all that, but welcome to Trans World Atlanta. Ooh, the South is different. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so Diamond, I know you I know you mentioned you had some critiques. I'm assuming it had to do with the audio. Some of them. Now I did have to play with some of them Tubi commercials. They get real loud, and then the audio on there was not consistent. But I will say, as I watched the series, it got better. So okay. just, just a heads up if you know some other it, episodes. The it, it got a little, it got a touch better, but I think the streamline of the story got better too. As I got okay, because at first I was like a little confused, but it got better. So can before I give my critique, can you give me <laughs> some general ideas? So there's a lot of different. There were a lot of things that came out of the like watching it. There's about six episodes, seven, I think episodes, um, and it follows. I want to make sure I get everybody's name correct. Uh, I ain't gonna get into everybody's name. So if I'm gonna talk about the issues, because you should watch it. Um, so some of the issues and things that came up around uh, folks, obviously, like they said, folks giving birth to babies. I think the majority of the people in the cast have children um, or, or even have grandchildren. Um, also, folks talked about like health issues, um, transitioning while in relationships. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff, you know, came up around domestic violence sexual assault um and another main thing was around like physical and mental uh health i thought um yeah they talk about relationships um but yeah some of the key things that really stood out to me were yeah around children and safety family healthcare access dvsa and um really you know, they live somewhere where there's way more black LGBTQ people and way more black queer and trans institutions. And that yes. makes a big difference. Um, and they live somewhere where um, these organizations are active. Um, and as a reminder, personally, um, and thinking about from a couple of episodes ago, um, we were talking about trans men and stuff around being out. And I remember a good friend of mine, when I moved back to Milwaukee, he was like, I don't have the privilege to be out like you. You know what I'm saying? Because I got grandkids. I got this. I got, you know, so when we talk about meeting, you know, meeting how to reach black trans men, you know, it's like those are things we have to always keep in mind is that, you know, this is this particular population of people that disproportionately has children. Disproportionately is dealing with extra reproductive health issues, disproportionately dealing with DVSA in a certain particular kind of way. Um, and that kind of changes how you can move when, you're, when you got fucking kids and grandkids. Like, that is a good chunk of the community. Um, but anyway, um, but it also just made me think about that. Um, cause I even personally, like I made intentional decisions about how to live my life and where I wanted to be even before I transitioned, because I didn't want to have to have the extra pressures around my, uh, economic well-being and whether or not I could be out or dealing with 
a certain level of harassment and whether or not I could be out. So once I realized I had some options and possibility models, which I think was a big thing for this show, presented a lot of different possibility models around a trans man and a cis man having a baby and, you know, different uh, two, uh, two trans folks who are a couple, trans women, trans man around, you know what I'm saying? So like to see that diversity in those experiences um, is a thing. Like we, not everybody has the privilege to be able to move in the way that they do. Um, but at the end, they said they all gained family, um, you know, and I thought it was uh, a reminder, yeah, around some of the stuff we talked about before, around how to better support and reach Black trans men around those issues. And really, one of the things that came up was like, you got to reach out to folks who are doing the work already and pay them and ask them for their expertise, because there's folks who've been doing this work, um, who know how to do it, who've been doing it and having these conversations around Black trans men and Black trans men's health. Um, physically, emotionally, and all that kind of stuff for a very long time, self-included. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But no, on a real, like you know, especially down south, there's a lot of there's a lot of organizations. Um, but yeah, even someone even uh, talked about what it meant for them to be in a sorority, and then later have to have to um, basically like disown that affiliation and what that lost was like. Um, you know, I think. Even personally, like I've had to thread a needle to of stability, and you know I think a lot of black trans guys do have to thread a needle of stability, especially if you were already like I'm a black lesbian and a black queer woman in the world too, like threading that needle, and then to lose all that that level of support that you had to get while you were threading the needle as a black lesbian or someone being perceived as such, I have to basically start fresh uh, and lose all that support system. That shit is very, very, very real. Um, but yeah, so going from the margins to the more margins, basically. Um, but yeah, so those were some of the things that came up. Um, hopefully we can get these, some of the folks, uh, from the show to come, come through to do some interviews. Um, but yeah, so that, yeah, so those were some of the things. Diamond, what was your critique? What was your take? What did you get? Bree, interested to hear what you got from the previews. Um, yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. So, okay. So, let me talk about the editing. It was not the audio, it was more about streamlining the stories. There was a lot of explaining things that I felt like they took exactly. too long to explain. They had people doing these monologues or doing these one on one interviews that I think that they could have edited down to get the gist of it. It was just too long and started to be rambling. Um, so, I needed the editors to kind of edit the rambling down. Um, before I go Ooh, into shit. this topic, I want to ask you, Jay, do you think that these relationships in this um, show that they're showcasing, because it's various relationships, it's like you said, um, a cis woman with a trans man, a trans woman with a trans man, a cis gay man with a trans man, um, it's it's a combination of different marriages and some that are kind of fairly new and some that have been going on for a very, very long time with um, a, a cis man and a trans and a cis, uh, a trans man and a cis woman. They have been married for a very, very long time. And so um, do you think these relationships are toxic? And I ask you that because wait, I ask you that because you told me 
when I had some pushback about trans men being partnered and that being a privilege, you said, yeah, they're partnered, but most of them are in toxic relationships. So we mm. got multiple relationships that is being showcased as healthy. But you said that a lot of them are that are toxic. I'm not seeing no toxicity in these relationships. It seems kind of now there, uh, uh, there's some normal ups and downs, but it doesn't feel like it's toxic. So you tell me. Well, yeah. I mean, this is a produced show <laughs> that's presenting possibility models to the community. Mm -hmm. So you know is saying? it toxic or is it and, not? And, and I'm very, I'm a little, I'm a little, look, I don't know if I want to get too much in because I do know some of these people. Uh -huh. so I don't necessarily feel comfortable <laughs> in okay. my about the status of people's relationships. Okay. Um, but, I, you know, but I think the fact Don't that say specifics, but do you think in general, not specific each one, but in general that this is a group where most of these pairings are toxic? No, and I didn't say, and I, to be clear, I said, I think a good chunk, I said, the major, if not the majority, a good chunk of folks are in toxic ass situations. And that's the, that's the case for lesbians. That's the case I, for gay I, men. That's a, the case for all LGBT people. We I, have a high incidence from my public health background and understanding of being in very toxic ass relationships. And that's just across the board. Like we all are under attack. We're all disproportionately, like, let me be clear, all of us, are disproportionately smoking cigarettes and cigarettes that are menthol. We're all disproportionately drinking. We're all disproportionately doing things that not, might not be the best thing for our physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. So like, that's just period. And so me pointing it out is not necessarily, it's not a, is it worse over here? No, it just manifests differently for many black trans women than it does maybe for different tra black trans men depends on where you live regionally depends on your class background depends on if you went to college depends on if you graduated from college or not there's a lot of different things but nonetheless across the board no matter what your class is if you are an lgbt person regardless of race or class you disproportionately are exposed to dvsa <laughs> you are disproportionately exposed to unhealthy habits right physically in terms of access to quality food access to you know what i'm saying a quality of life so though me pointing these things out is not to you know what I mean? That's not like a, you know, a thing. That's just what it is. That's all I'm saying. And so so let, um, let me, let me, let, why I bring you know, that up? Because be adult, I, you know? it's going to be a rare incidence that you're going to find a show that is showcasing this variety of relationship with trans women. You is not, we are not partnered in this way to this capacity. And that was my point in bringing that up as a privilege. Trans men, yes, it may be toxic. There may be some ups and downs, but trans men generally have another person helping them pay bills, have another person helping them support children, whether theirs or, or, the, or their partners. They have somebody in their corner in their house and maybe toxic or whatever. That's better than being by yourself sometimes. And it can help, when, especially economically. Absolutely. So that's what I talk about in, in, in regards to, uh, and because this is a whole group of trans men in relationships. So I say that now. Now I'm gonna be the shady one because you you said you know these people. I know some of these well, people. I, too. I, you know, look, I, look, they're not the people outside the club that are getting kicked out. They're not the other black trans men that are at these scenes when they go out to the bars and shit. Mm -hmm. They're there too. Who turning okay. up and broke and fighting and drunk, right? Do you know what I'm saying? So like. Yeah, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because 
the trans so let me say wait 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 wait, wait. Well, wait yeah, let me say let me just get everything i want we, out we everybody yeah so so first and foremost i want to say this group of trans people feels like <laughs> it feels uh, me and my homegirl was talking about it while we was watching it feels like church trans people. I didn't use that language, but I'm cleaning up my language no, to be, to, it, it, to it, be it, politically it, correct. One of the biggest together. stars on the show or one of the stars of the show, his IG name is literally Church Boy. Yes. So, and that's okay, but this feels like there's a certain, and we know that there's a certain level of respectability politics that comes with church folks. And this, every it felt like this is a bible study that's what it felt like i'm watching a bible study so that the one relationship i don't know about all the rest but this one got which is what made me stop and i couldn't get past the first episode this this situation it, it pissed me off and i was like oh i can't watch this so there is a character uh, a person on there named nick and i'll be the bad person i think that that relationship is toxic I, it's not my relationship so i don't need to um you know, if it works for him, great, cool. So Nick is also the one that used to be a, um, a DST, used to be a Delta. So they go, he goes into this conversation. He is the only one when you're starting the first episode that their partner did not show up to the gathering of partnered people. And the, most of the time in this first episode, when they were talking about their partners, and talking about, oh, why they need Nick spent a lot of time gaslighting us and explaining to us why their partner wasn't ready to be in this situation. Totally understand. They don't have to be there. But there was this whole time. And what y'all don't understand is their partner is a cis woman who went on a tour, who used to be over the ACLU. She went on a tour. This kind of protect the women, protect the girls against trans women on Fox News talking about how this is his wife, this is his fiance who didn't show up to this trans affirming space. And he's trying to explain to us for a very long time that she's not like that. And I will, I will hope that y'all understand that I wouldn't be with somebody like that. She literally went on a tour, a conservative tour against trans people using the bathroom using her ex her kids as an example of i was in the bathroom and three three over six feet men came into the bathroom dressed as women literally went on a tour to, uh, 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 a tv tour talking about talking against us and she just so now she's in a relationship with you and you're trying to explain to us that she's not like that. I know she did that, but she's not like that. I know who she is and I know her heart. And he spent so long explaining this and it pissed me off watching it because the, your wife is toxic. Your wife is transphobic and she just fucks with you because you're a trans man and she okay with that. She don't fuck with trans women and that's just based on her actions. And it doesn't surprise me that she did not show up to this space that was looks like it was intentionally curated to be multiple partnerships of trans men of various kind. And you didn't even show up for your husband. And you spent most of your time 
explaining to us why your cisgender transphobic wife didn't show up to this thing. That pissed me off and I couldn't get past that. I was done. So to your point about the editing, if you watch the whole thing through, those vignettes kind of fall into place and his wife and him addressing that situation well not the situation about her being fucking transphobic on the fucking view and going on a fucking tour and I apologize on the that view that fox I, I news multiple notes. things yeah yes. i got no notes yeah i got i have notes in multiple places so my <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, at first i was looking at my notes i had on the computer but i got notes in my notebook too because i had I, I i noted that shit so, so yeah, much so that the they made her step down from the ACLU. They made her step down. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. It was so transphobic. And so well, thank y'all for giving me content. Honey. I will say this. I, I, I think oh, oh. Yeah, please, if you watch not please, if you watch the whole thing, all of it makes sense because they're not at the beginning, you're like, what the fuck? Like what is happening a little bit? But yeah, it is connected to the church shit. They go to church later. They go to uh, the Marquette. Is that how you say it? The Marquette? Marquette is like one of the older black uh, gay institutions in Atlanta that's been around for over 50 years. So mm. that's a part of the reason between that. And that's why I mentioned institutions earlier, right? So like this was a establishment started by a cis black dude who was straight who just noticed the gay dudes were in the area and was like, you know, like a lot of gay bars back then. He was like, let's make some money. But um, but between that and Vision Church, also an institution, That's right, it's like Black Pentecostal affirming church, right, it's like those two things help facilitate uh, this being possible to happen for them to get together. Now, I don't know about all the production and editing, but I will say that it's kind of, it, to me, it's almost like they could have did it. It wasn't like completely, it wasn't, I don't want to say it's backwards how it was edited, but like it like filled in the other way around. Do you get what I'm saying? With the, um, then like you have to watch it. Like I think by the time you get to like episode three, it's like, oh, oh okay, this is what's happening. It sounds, um, that was going to be my critique. It sounds based off of but the content. Is, I don't even have to yeah. watch the episode just based off of what y'all saying. It's obvious that the content is not being curated by somebody who is trans and or queer. Just looking at the cast, I'm familiar with most of these faces and or personalities, even if it's just social media mutual. I'm familiar with most of their stories just just by looking at what I looked mm -hmm. at just now. Um, I, it, it's this is good idea, you know, beautiful gowns, honey, beautiful rhinestones. Honey, it didn't make best dressed on the red carpet. It's not going to sustain unless it's it's great if they want to stick to the moral code that they're going with now. Then, honey, they're going to have to spice it up with the personalities because at the end of the day, you still got to entertain people, baby. Yeah, again, again, I think spice it up with the why even watch it. They're going to have to spice it up with the personalities and, and stick to the moral code. Something else they need to do is get out of their trans misogynistic mm. motherfucking lane. And I don't know why this is called trans world and not trans man world, honey, because if it's I'm going not to be tripping about that, I think it's time for them to have some spaces of their own. Yes, and that's, but... and that's why it shouldn't be trans world. It should be something related specifically to trans men if the cast is going to revolve around trans men. 
but there's trans women like in the show, so that's why I was there. And they're and they're discussing the partner of the trans man, right? Yeah. But I think that that's, I don't think that that's necessarily a problem because it's, it's showcasing and talking about the trans issue and each one of the characters in here, um, trans women, trans men, um, each one of them are speaking to trans issues. I, I'm okay with it being trans world Atlanta. I'm actually okay with that. And I'm okay with it being centering trans men because we don't have that. I think that's powerful. It's going to have to. If it's, if it's ever a trans relationship show, it's going to have to at least primarily feature transgender men because like you said you know and and i co-signed this point when we spoke about it last time um yes trans men are more commonly in relationships overall trans relationships tend to be abusive i it's 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 scientifically proven right so thus far it's been scientifically proven that trans relationships are overall toxic however trans men do tend to be in relationship more often than trans women that that is that is the truth. So if it's going to be a relationship show, it's going to be it's going to it's going to be about trans. Oh, well, I was going to say, well, look, yeah, I understand the production sucks in many ways because it just does. But I still okay. think it's worth a watch. I think it's I think it's worth to get through. I think for because I mean, there have been relationship shows around trans people. Right. And they have featured trans women. Right. Um, so this is the first show around trans folks in relationships. This first show really on this level of a platform about black trans men on this level of a platform even though it's to be right and so um and they paid out of pocket to put it together so like um they talk about some of that funding but um i do think a lot i think it's worth it if you're a black trans dude a black trans masculine person a black trans person in general to take the time to try to get through it. Yeah, I think a lot of black trans masculine people will find will see yourselves reflected in ways that you and issues that you're navigating that you may not have seen before. Um, there, yeah, there's issues um, with folks, but for the most part, yeah, I think I think it's worth I think it's worth it. I think especially with the lack of visibility and the level of isolation that black trans men experience, which they all talked about even in the show, even being in Atlanta, right? To be able to gain more community. Let me say my positive since I, I gave y'all my negative because <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't say my positive because it goes along with the isolation that you just brought up. The what I saw that was powerful to me um, in through through the because I watched the whole first episode, um, but I I couldn't I couldn't go yeah, back that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so the the positive that i heard good. in that in regards to male isolation so and mourning the loss of community so uh so nick once let's use nick as an example but this wasn't the only example nick goes on his long description about um his experience with dst why he loved being a delta why he became a Delta, why, why it was important for him to be a part through college and be a part of um, this organization. And, you know, when he was younger and then how he, he, he met his best friend in life um, in, during this area of his life, they moved in together. They both were Deltas. They crossed and they, you know, and he just had this amazing relationship. And then once he transitioned 
um, not just in the Delta relationship, but in just his relationship across his community, because he had transitioned to be a man, he not only lost his best friend, he lost this 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 key form of community community connection with DST, and it went and it it went into this space where I have heard a lot of um, trans men talk about where you know black women always have had this sense of community maybe not with every single group like we just talked about the different class system and da, 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 da. but even within your silos of a class you find this group of women that you fuck with whether it be at your church whether it be at you know just in your neighborhood whether it be at your school there is a connection of community that does not include men and it's it's just something that um they men can be on the peripheral of these groups and circles, but it is some kind of connection that happens with women and trans men to me go through this process of mourning that loss once they go into their manhood. And and they I hear a lot of them talk about it, how they can't go to lesbian clubs anymore if they were living as lesbian before they can't be um, in these spaces this losing that community and we know how important community is to everybody and on on a and even and this this um, this is something that if you study young adolescent boys males before by the time when they in their early um cis males when they're in their early adolescence there is a time in where they are appreciating the love of their best friends, their love of their community, the love. There's a connection that happens and something happens by the time they into their late teens that now because they are trying to mimic the adult patriarchy, they lose that relationship and trust and care for um, community. And that's what, and it goes into where men talk about, they feel like, oh my God, life as a man, an adult man is isolating. And so they go through this, this, this process of trying to find community where they build it with their wife and their children, da, 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 da. But there is a loss and isolation when you go from a boyhood to a manhood that happens. And I think trans men experience this once they transition, they, they experience, oh, this is a norm. This I this male isolation, this man isolation is a norm. And I don't fucking like it. And it's not okay. And so they are reconciling that truth when it comes to living as a man. And that's my that's what I see. And so they're trying what this looks like is them dismantling that toxic behavior in our larger culture and showing you that look we can build our communities and we need to build our communities and have healthy relationships and healthy ways that we present our manhood to communities so we can be a part of this community like we like we should it's toxic for us to be isolated so that's the beauty of what i saw when I was watching it, that they were showcasing that morning and and actually showing how to dismantle that to me. Y'all need to get some entertaining personalities over there on Trans World Atlanta. <laughs> um, you need to get somebody trans over there as a producer, a showrunner, uh, a something. Well, it's supposed to be reality, so y'all ain't writing, but yeah, get some queer people, get some queer people entertain, honey. Get somebody. There's somebody that do something other than go to church, even if they dance or roller skate or anything. You know what I mean? So 
Yeah. So first of all, yeah. Watch the show. Support the show. Support these black trans men in the community. Support getting this visibility out there so that they can get more money to have a better production situation. You got to support it so they can get more money. <laughs> so they can do better. Um, so please support these black trans people. Um, the last time we've had any kind of visibility on this level was in 2008 with Still Black. It's 2023. So please support this show. You know what I'm saying? You might not be able to relate to everybody on the show. Still Black uh, was a documentary, a portrait of black trans man by Courtney, Dr. Courtney Ziegler. And it came out in 2008. Wasn't there um, something so, about Eden? Know. Oh, oh, yes, I'm sorry. Eden's Garden, too. Eden's yeah, Garden Eden's is coming Garden. out with their new season this year in 2023. I think they're yes. screening it at different prides. Um, and that should be dropping, too. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Eden's Garden is coming out, too, this year. Um, so between, But I'm saying on the scale, Eden's Garden, please support Eden's Garden as well. But even on the scale, like this is the closest thing the biggest scale outside of Still Black, because Eden's Garden didn't even reach the scale of Still Black. But please support Eden's Garden so that it can it can get to a bigger scale too this year. Yeah. So like that's what I'm saying. Like this is the biggest level period in media ever around Black trans men, which means that ain't a lot. <laughs> so please support it. Um, you know, and and I will say with I will say with like Still Black or even like a lot of earlier stuff media that came out. I was big on the media that came out around black, queer, and trans people back in the day and would get these DVDs and all that kind of shit and whatever, utilize whatever I could to get people to pay for it and bring it to college and universities because they have to pay more to do that. Sometimes that audio, that quality wasn't the best, but it was the content that was in there. So um, in terms of the editing and stuff, so please support that. There's a lot more meat in the content once you get past the, the pilot episode, which is like most shows. Pilots suck. That first episode is going to be weak. It's going to be a little slow. So please continue to watch the show. And hopefully we can get some of the folks to come on the show and do some interviews and talk more about their experience and the issues that they covered. Because they did cover um, a lot of stuff that's relevant, um, like Donna said, including that isolation and just kind of figuring out how do you fit in community when, you know, particularly if you take testosterone Depending on where you're at, people don't even assume that you are a part of the community. What does that mean? Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. Check out the show. Support Trans World Atlanta. You can watch it on Tubi. We're going to support these black trans men. We're going to lift them up. We're going to uh, put this out here. Um, and plug You can it watch and, it on Tubi yeah, for free. And it's free on Tubi. Um, you have to do a Tubi account to like keep track of your progress. Me and my conspiracy theory have himself, and I don't believe in all the da 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 da, so I have no account, so I have to start wherever. But it's still free. You can still access it either way. Uh, so <laughs> let us know. Uh, hashtag Marshall's Play. Give me, give me, give me euphoria. More than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Give me, give me, give me euphoria. More than peace of mind. What has been bringing y'all euphoria this week? Well, I'll go since I'm already there. It's Trans World Atlanta. <laughs> That's been bringing me 
for his week because uh you know like i said they really uh dug in deep into a lot of different different uh stories and issues um you know yeah some of the production shit, like i said it, it got it was a little slow to kind of kind of fill in but then it did get a rhythm um as i watched it um, you know, to hear people talk about their experiences with sexual assault and they are from other media to highlight some of the issues. So it's not, it's, it's also educational. It's not just guys talking about this is what I'm dealing with, but also they provide you also with the information to understand like we just talking out our asses about what we're navigating and experiencing, but understanding that like, no, these are the real issues that come up for folks. And I also belong to a black, queer, and trans faith-based community. So it was cool to see that. That was really important to me uh, when figuring out where I could live and also have that. And I knew that was only a few places. I never expected it to also be Seattle because ain't that many black people here. But, but, you know, but I do understand in a, in a more intimate way what it means to be living in a community where there are institutions within the black uh, LGBT community and how that takes a lot of pressure off of me just living here like i'm able to be able to still engage in community stuff um a certain kind of way um without having you know what i mean even though we need more community and stuff but yeah i really appreciate that and, and seeing people be vulnerable um i think is going to be uh uh it's going to help a lot of other black trans masculine people so that brought me euphoria this week shout out to trans well it's yeah Honey, y'all can look forward to me talking a lot of shit about Trans World ATL. However, I will be talking about Trans World ATL. And in the process of me doing so, it will make it more popular. What has been bringing me joy this week? Oh, my goodness. Um, Birthday gifts and birthday love, honey. It's, it's a bit more super superficiality from Bree Star again this week, bringing her joy. Um, yeah, my birthday was over the weekend. It was Saturday. Um, Happy birthday, woo! Yes, Happy birthday. Virgo season, Virgo season <laughs> is, is here, honey, is upon us. But yeah, honey, um, I was broke and I was I, I was distraught about it. And of course, the community looked out, the, the folks looked out for me. Shout out to Diamond as well. Um, yeah, thank y'all. Thank y'all. I was really able to enjoy my birthday and even have enough money left over to support Ro, um, who is the lady who got hit by the brick, the, the story that I brought up earlier. As a reminder to y'all, she does have a GoFundMe. I'm wore out. I'm well, you know, I'm getting older, you know, I'm I'm in these 30s, honey. My body is transitioning. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm wore out, but it's it's all good things. Um, we still celebrating. Um, now my friends, my chosen family has something planned for me, pretty much stuff planned for me for the rest of the week. So so yeah, so that's what's bringing me joy. Just my family, my chosen family. Um my community everybody who loves and supports me and my voice and yeah my blood family of course i got really lucky what about you diamond what's what's going on with you what, what's bringing you joy this week so oh my god so so i love drag okay so but let me give this caveat yeah i don't love all drag <laughs> so but i love drag and I, um, a particular type of drag I love is trans drag. So 
I am my favorite, 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 favorite pageantry system is Continental. And so Miss Continental is every year during the Labor Day weekend. And yesterday <laughs> was the Miss Continental pageant. They have a Miss Continental Puss. They have a Miss Con regular Miss Continental. They have a Mr. Continental. And it has been going on since the 80s. We have featured some of them on our show. Tommy Ross. Um, couple of couple of people. Just so I love trans drag, meaning that trans people who do drag. I love that. That is my favorite form of drag. I like the artist. I appreciate the art altogether, but my favorite form of drag is trans drag. And so Continental is a beauty pageant for um trans women. Now there's some people who have wanted that very few but who have wanted that are not trans people or they detransitioned or they just you know earlier on in the pageant system it was kind of a little shaky but right now where it stands you really have to be a trans girl to actually kind of win technically um and so i am watching it and i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like oh my god there were these two um, two girls that I thought were going to win because they just have the typical white um, continental girl look. And they looked amazing. Don't want to take it from them. Um, but a relative newcomer, Black girl, came up in the ranks and was clean the whole pageant through and broke everybody's face and won the whole pageant. So my joy this week um, Euphoria this week is Miss Janae Darlings <laughs> winning Miss Continental 2024. Black girl, wear it out. She looks sickening. Yes. <laughs> she just came up. Everybody was gagged. I see people responding on the internet like, what? <laughs> but she was, she looks good and she was clean and it just popped everybody's cracked everybody's face to me well on my timeline everybody was like because <laughs> they didn't think she was gonna win but she did she is our current reigning miss continental 2004 so shout out to janae darlings thank you thank you thank you hey. for representing us and you look great we appreciate you so that's it y'all now i gotta edit this because i go out of town tomorrow <laughs> We will see y'all. Make sure y'all share this, share this episode. And yeah, make sure y'all um um check your voter registration status. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we we activists, so we want you to vote and <laughs> and do your shit that you need to do to help other organizers and activists um get people out to vote so we can make sure we keep some kind of monicum of democracy here in this country um yeah and you know we know that's not the end all be all of organizing work but it does make it easier for where, where we're trying to push if we have people in office that can do the things that we that we want them to do it makes it easier because we can't go over and negotiate with the races over on the other side so um at least we can oh, and they're we, very like we don't fuck with y'all right so at least we <laughs> can negotiate with these liberals a little bit <laughs> so we will see y'all next week bye, bye y'all well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes, 
and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Little 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 little